Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is, I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries, I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box. And $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. With six days until the election, the Senate is anyone's guess. We'll share our predictions and reflect on some of the more memorable moments in the campaign. This is Sarah from the left and Beth from the right. You're listening to Pantsu Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. So it's our birthday week. Yay! Um, So we're asking for all the presents. I like presents. I also like birthdays, and I have no problem asking for birthday presents. So um, if you can, please leave us an iTunes reviews. It helps more people find Pantsy Politics. You can follow us on Instagram at Pantsy Politics, Facebook, at Twitter at Pantsy Politics. No ads because Twitter's stupid and limits your users or your handles. Or you can visit our show at PantsyPoliticsShow.com where you can um, get a t-shirt or become a subscriber of the show, which is great. It helps us cover the monthly cost to run Pantsuit Politics. And we got a new subscriber this week, which was super awesome. So thank you so much to Audrey for becoming a new supporter of the show. Thanks, Audrey. 
So we are on every single day between now and election day, and we're going to start each of these shorter episodes with sort of a, how are we feeling? And today's, how are we feeling? Question is Sarah, how are you feeling about the Senate? Well, before we get to that, I wanted to follow up on yesterday and um, first explain that I was still wearing my Halloween costume when we spoke last night, and it was Ray from Star Wars, and I think that might have been while I was pretty feisty in yesterday's episode, so I don't have a Halloween costume on tonight. Oh, and... Beth and I had a conversation and I thought we should share it, which is you guys know that we're trying to be transparent about our political views. But I realized last night um, that we were sort of arguing from different, different professional points of views. Beth, tell, tell the people what you do for a living. Well, I, it's hard to describe what I do for a living, but there is because she does all the things she won't tell you that, but I will. (laughs) Thanks. Um, A lot, a lot of what I do has characteristics of human resources, right? Like, trying to put people in the right positions and support them in those positions. So Beth had a very hiring mindset, I think last night, yesterday in our discussion. And I do digital marketing, which is about from marketing is about as far from hiring as you can get. And I think that's why we were talking past each other. Yeah, I think that's an interesting perspective. I was thinking while you were talking that we should have taken pictures because I was a skeleton as we were recording <laughs> last night as well. So that would have been a fun post had we had the presence of mind for it. But yeah, I mean, certainly, and I think this comes across in our show a lot, like we have really, we both have law degrees, but we've used them in really different ways. Mm-hmm. We've had very different sort of professional experiences and aspirations, and I think it absolutely impacts both our kind of analysis and frame of reference for analysis and also like our politics in general. So, it, you know, is an interesting point. Yeah. I, and I've realized that, that we really were, cause I, that's what I'm talking about a lot. I'm talking about like, come on, it's a story. We're telling a story here. And you're like, yeah, but it's a real hiring process. I just feel like that's definitely undercutting a lot of our conversations, but Hey, that's important. Whenever you talk politics is truthfully, whenever you're talking politics, you ain't just talking politics, yo. No, you're not. And it's and it's also just, I think, a point where, you know, everyone is pretty tired and pretty frustrated. And it's a challenge to have conversations where you disagree as strongly as the two of us do about the topics we discussed yesterday to figure out, like, how do we make this interesting? I was so relieved today when we got this email from our listener, Lou, in Pennsylvania, who always sends this really interesting email, um, saying that he didn't feel like it devolved into, like, your average left-right panel. That's what I never I believe the word be. he used was juicy. <laughs> <laughs> he did say it was juicy. So if it can be juicy without devolving, I think that's the goal. Well, also, I think that um, with regards to sort of the emotional toll that this is taking, we should introduce a new segment into the, our daily shows for the next six days called what made Sarah cry today? Because I'm pretty much crying on a daily basis. It's sort of like when I'm nine months pregnant. That's how I feel right now. I feel like I'm nine months pregnant. I think that is an, an appropriate equivalent emotional state. What do you think about that? Would that be true if you weren't running for office? Cause that, that is a, that's a totally fair emotional state. I mean, you are nine months pregnant with your campaign. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it. And sometimes I don't know if I'm stressed about my campaign and I'm offloading it on the national election or if I'm stressed about the national election and I'm trying to redirect it into my campaign. I I don't know, but I do 
find myself crying a lot. And today I cried <laughs> from something Bryn shared. It was like a tweet for our new listeners. Bryn is an original listener of Pansy Politics. We call him our North Star. He is our guiding light. Um, and he is in North Carolina and he used to be a big Bernie supporter. And now he's a big Hillary supporter. And he shared this tweet that's like, um, I wish this was the email Hillary was paying attention to. I forgot the Twitter person who shared it. And I started reading it in the van. And it's like three sentences. She says, do you, rec-? she's, I think she's emailing Melanie Verveer, who's a longtime advisor of hers. Do you recall Nori Ali, the 10-year-old Yemeni girl who got herself divorced? I met her at the Glamour Awards last year. There was a CNN story last few days about how unhappy she is, still living at home, not attending school, and quite angry that her life is not better. Is there any way we can help her? Could we get her to the U.S. for counseling and education? I was just like scrolling through Facebook, read this on my phone, and burst into tears. I mean, that is my current emotional state. It's bad, y'all. <laughs> well, so uh, I guess that answers the how are you feeling question. I would love to ask how you're feeling about the Senate. <laughs> Do you think that... Um, so so here's the situation. If Democrats take four seats over that they don't currently have, then Tim Kaine would be the tying vote in the Senate. And so there are lots of predictions in both directions and some very tight races. And I, I do, do you want to talk about specific races, Sarah, or do you have an overall observation about the Senate? I mean, I think that, I mean, there's so many polls tightening, tightening. Nate Silver's trying to get me to freak out. And I will not be your pawn, Nate Silver's. I think he's hedging his bets too much for my taste these days. But I think that there is good chance that the Democrats take the Senate. I guess if it's tightening that they will take, that they will, it will tie. I think that, you know, there's a couple interesting races. I'm not paying attention to everything all at once. That's for sure. I think that Kelly Ayotte is going to lose because I think that New Hampshire has the voters of New Hampshire have a distaste for, um, what's the word I want sort of, just the politics she's played with her endorsement, non-endorsement, how she's walked it up and then walked it back. And I just think that in the, the day that's going to leave a distaste in people's mouth. I'm totally fascinated with the race in Missouri with Jason Kander. I sent you this famous, uh, infamous, famous ad of his a few days ago. What did you think about it? Tell, t- so tell the people is, about it. This is the ad where Jason Kander is, I think, blindfolded assembling mm-hmm. a weapon and, basically saying that Roy Blunt has mischaracterized his position on the Second Amendment and he absolutely has an appreciation for gun rights but also believes in reasonable regulation. So it's a really well done ad. I think it's probably the second or third like most captivating ad I've seen this cycle. The first Except for that guy in Texas. <laughs> yes. Obviously being the guy in Texas and his wife who I think are fabulous. Even though I know nothing about them, I think that is a genius ad. Oh, so, um, genius. so that's the that's the race in Missouri. The the ad itself garnered a lot of attention and I mean it's pretty spectacular to be able to get anything to break through in this cycle. So the fact that we know about that ad is a big deal. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with that race. I mean, you th- would think Missouri that Roy Blunt could hold on, but but I don't know. I think he's that ad broke through enough that people started to pay attention to him and that he has this really great sort of line of attack against Roy Blunt that is like his whole family. I saw the ad. Where was I that I was actually watching television and had it saw an ad come across? But um, he has this great ad about. Roy Blunt's entire family are lobbyists and they're all entered the family business. And he is like, it's a very strong line of attack. 
So, I mean, I'm really hoping he pulls out a win there because what's Roy Blunt ever done for anybody? It's interesting, Um, though. Like, that's a good example of how something can break through nationally and still not work in a state race. Like, I think about this with our Senate race. I think Rand Paul is in a really good position to keep his seat, and I certainly hope so. I'm a huge Rand Paul supporter. Lord, yes. He's like 10 points up. I heard it on the radio today. On a national scale, though, there is a lot that's really attractive about Jim Gray, his opponent, as a candidate. Mm -hmm. And if he had had an ad like this that broke through... I don't know to what extent that would have moved the voting in Kentucky, but it sure would have influenced sort of the tone of the race, right? And yeah. and I think that's true with Kelly Ayotte and Maggie Hassan. Like, I don't, I can't pretend to know what's going on in New Hampshire. I just know what we've said nationally about that race because these are two really interesting people from a really interesting state politically. Yeah. Um, I think that Marco Rubio will probably win. I think John Mc. Okay. I don't know. Arizona's interesting. I mean, it's so in play for Hillary and they're spending so much time and energy there. It's hard to believe it won't push the needle a little bit in Ann Kirkpatrick's favor, but I haven't seen polling recently, so I don't know how close it is. If you're looking for a very quick salon quality, but not salon priced manicure, Olive and Jean has you covered. We've talked about Olive and Jean's Manny system before. It has everything that you need for a professional manicure in one box, salon grade tools, Your choice of six polishes. Those polishes are going to last you for seven days or more. The cost breaks down to about $2 a manicure. Olive and June also has press-ons if you want. What I love, though, is that Olive and June each season is coming out with new colors. And I just got a set of spring and summer colors in quick dry polish. And they say this dries in about a minute. It seemed dry to me in about 30 seconds. It was not kidding about being quick dry. I also love the light colors in this set. There is a huge range. My favorite one is called Kitten. It's like a pinkish gray. The quick dry polish gives you full coverage in one or two coats. It lasts for more than five days and it is offered in more than 40 cruelty-free and vegan polishes. Olive and June just understands what's happening in our lives, that we need to move quickly, but we want to look great and feel great and have fun in the process. Visit oliveandjune.com slash pantsu for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-A-N-T-S-U-I-T for 20% off your first Manny system. Just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses and craving another fantasy world to devour? Dipsy's got you. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency-era historical fiction, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash pantsuit. dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. 
This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pantsuit. I think Pat Toomey and Katie McGinty is the race that I'm most watching with bated breath in a lot of ways because Pat Toomey has so encapsulated the Trump down ballot problem Mm. and has been really kind of transparent about the fact that he doesn't know what to do. Like he thinks this is a horrible situation. He doesn't know what to do. And I don't know. This gets to a question that our listener Kim asked on Twitter about Paul Ryan. Like, how do people feel when you hear things like, well, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump, but I don't endorse him. And this line that people have tried to walk. And that's a question that I've really been wrestling with, because on the one hand, I don't want to flush all of the good that people have done and can do because they have struggled with Donald Trump. On the other hand, I am hugely disappointed in all Republican leaders who have not distanced themselves, and not just distanced themselves, but like actually stood up to Donald Trump in this movement. And so I look at people like Kelly Ayotte and Paul Ryan, who I've always thought very highly of, and and I don't know how I feel about that, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I, I think if I were sitting in New Hampshire... I would still vote for Kelly Ayotte because I think about her bipartisan work on uh, drug reform, for example, you know, uh, mental health treatment. There, there are lots of things that Kelly Ayotte has done that I think are important, and I think she's a, a shining star in some ways in the Republican Party. I am hugely disappointed that she didn't just come out and say, no, I am not voting for or endorsing Donald Trump. I, I just so it's it's a struggle for me. I mean, I think that it just represents the struggle within the Republican Party right now and the um, likely civil war that should erupt after the election. I think that she and other moderate Republicans are in an impossible position because the Republican Party is split in two. You know, they they need the base. The base isn't the base likes Donald Trump, sort of the whatever name you want to put on the, you know, part of the Republican Party that does not like Donald Trump is, I mean, in a tough position. I do not see a path forward for, you know, the Republican Party as it currently stands. Like, I just think they're not alliance. What's the word I want? Coalition. Thank you. The coalition just can't withstand the pressure. So I think that what happens in races like Kelly... Ayotte's and um, I forgot the other one you mentioned, like that'll be really interesting because it's going to, you know, if she can squeak it out, then maybe the Republican party can shine it on for a little bit longer. (laughs) But if she can't, and these people lose because people are so pissed that they didn't vote for Donald Trump and then Donald Trump loses, well then what happens next? 
Yeah, and, and it's an even more interesting question when you think about there are a number of prominent Republican senators up for re-election that, that are looking good. In addition to Rand Paul, Rob Portman looks great in Ohio right now. Lisa Murkowski, Tim Scott, you know, there are there are people who are doing well in spite of the Trump effect. And so I don't know whether that says that they've just thread the needle successfully. They don't have a strong enough opponent. Um, but it is, I, I do think that there has to be a reckoning. I must, I've said before on our podcast that I think the Republican party, as we have known it for the past 10, 12 years is, is all but dead. Um, and, and that something new has to emerge now, how you, how you create that when you don't have enough of a coalition today to compete in the electoral college. I mean, that's going to be a challenge. Well, I think another thing that's sort of interesting about the current batch of Senate um, candidates is how many sort of old names are rising from the dead. Russ Feingold. I know. <laughs> Evan Bayh. I know. Even Marco Rubio. Evan Bayh, you know, who hasn't lived in Indiana for decades, right? I, I don't know. Decades might be an overstatement, but a long time that Evan Bayh has not really lived in Indiana. You know, I think it reflects something I've been reading a lot about, which is the future of the Democratic Party. You know, both parties have their problems. I, I don't think the Democratic Party is in any danger of some sort of civil war breakdown. But we don't have a good, you know, Barack Obama for all his many, many wonderful qualities um, was not a party builder. And I don't think had enough of the long term outlook of the Democratic Party in mind. Um, and so we just, you know, I think that's why we're running Russ Feingold and Evan Bayh. And we need people. We need new people. We need new people. Um, we don't have a deep bench. And it doesn't feel like that sometimes because so many names get a lot of play. And but, you know, the fact that we're running Russ Feingold and Evan Bayh is evident that there's something else going on. I really hope uh, Deborah Ross wins in North Carolina, if just for Bren's sake. I think that that's true. And I mean, I, I don't even want to say Republican side because I do think there's going to be a dramatic shakeup. But when I think about conservative ideas and the kind of candidates that I could get excited about and support, I think that if you follow us on Twitter, you know, I feel strongly about the fact that the people who got us into this mess cannot get us out of it. I think that you have to have new leadership top to bottom. And that new leadership has to recruit the next generation of new leadership. Um, I, I do not think that like Ryan's Priebus is going to get some good thinkers together and solve this. Well, I'll tell you something else I'm excited about, which is uh, Camila Harris in California. That's a Senate. That's a Senate race I'm excited about because I guess I think this is right. She'll be our first. I mean, she's definitely going to win. And I think she'll be our first black female senator. Second only ever after Carol Mosley Braun. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's nice anytime that you see more diversity in the Senate. We we got such a great email from Michelle in response to our Supreme Court episode where she talked about not only the lack of academic diversity among the justices, you know, Sarah, you brought up that they're all Ivy League educated, but Michelle was pointing out that so are their clerks. And mm -hmm. she knows this because she's married to someone who clerked for a Supreme Court justice. And she talked about how they both have an Ivy League education and she is flabbergasted by the privileges attached to that Ivy League education yep. and the tiny, tiny community it gives her access to. And yep. and I think that 
that is a, that is such an important point and such an important component of people's distaste with politics and distrust for the process. And don't get me wrong, it's not that there's anything wrong with a great education. It's just that we don't have diversity of thought right now in mm. any of our major institutions because of that academic snobbery. And I, I think it's a big problem. I'm also excited because I, th- I think Tammy Duckworth is going to win. Oh, uh, Tammy Duckworth is definitely, definitely going to win. I Especially mean, if he's viewed that racist crap at the last debate. So I'm super excited about that, too. I, just, is, I think there's I don't know the, the st- like I haven't totaled the polling and done the math, but it seems like we're going to have a lot more women. Now we're losing Barbara Mikulski, but I don't know. seems like we should be gaining overall women. I want to say how very sad I am about that comment from Mark Kirk, because I have, for the most part, found Mark Kirk to be a really reasonable and principled person. I think that might be an example of how this race is bringing out the worst in everyone. But but Mm. that really, really made me sad. And I know that it... Um, was a really devastating blow for our listener, Aaron, in Illinois as well. So I'm sorry, Aaron. I'm with you on that. But I was surprised and sad. But, you know, I think Tammy Duckworth is a really good candidate, and she's in a really good spot, and I would be shocked if she lost that race. Yeah, that's about all my thoughts on the Senate. (laughs) Well, I think the other thing to talk about with the Senate is the Supreme Court and the fact that Ted Cruz is walking around because he learns nothing and John McCain. Threat. Don't be throwing just to, Ted Cruz under the bus, man. Well, I but I I'll be honest, I do like to throw Ted Cruz under the bus. <laughs> but you know, walking around basically saying that they might they might just leave the court at eight because it's obvious from the get go that anyone Hillary Clinton wants to seat on the Supreme Court would be unacceptable. Now that is nonsense and such a complete abdication of the responsibility of senators that it makes me insane. I mean, I don't know if I have I, a lot of nuance on this point, really. I just think that's wrong. I think that both him and John McCain are just, I think John McCain in particular is trying to get in a little, get a little love from the base. I don't think he means it. Ted Cruz might mean it. He sure is willing to shut down the government. And he has a lot of making up to do if he's planning on running for president again, which he most certainly is with this, you know, the Trump base. That's why he endorsed him. That's why he's made calls for him. And that's what he's trying to do here. He's trying to say, oh, don't worry. I'm here to do your crazy Tea Party bidding still. See, this is this just fires me up. And you said to me this morning that I just don't like campaigns. And I think there's an element of that that's true. I, I do hate the game. You say all the time, don't hate, hate the player, hate the game. I do. I do hate the game. And I don't understand how anyone thinks it's going to change if people continue to conduct themselves this way. And if you're John McCain, especially, you've been telling people stuff they don't want to hear your whole career. Like you built a campaign for yourself around your straight talk, and you're going to stand in front of folks and say that really it makes sense for the Senate to never do its job in holding confirmation hearings. I think that's ridiculous. I don't understand why you would say anything other than, I look forward to working with whomever wins this election because our president is our president. And I will work to make sure that we have justices who uphold the Constitution. The end. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible. And skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin and I have added ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. 
They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. The end. Yeah. I mean, I just think because he is responding to what we were talking about earlier, which is this split coming already here within the Republican Party. And any Republican that ignores it um, and ignores appealing to that base does so at their own peril. And John McCain is not stupid. And there is governing and there is politics. And sometimes they are very, very different. And, you know, that's sort of why I'm just like, whatever, ducks off a of water, duck off a of water's back. As long as you're not being racist and sexist, like I'm not, I'm not, you know, morally offended. There's this really great podcast I listened to from on being by Krista Tibbetts. And it was, um, 
David Brooks and EJ Dion, and they were just talking about like we put too much pressure for our values and our identity on politics, and we sort of know we're not putting enough in this sort of religion spirituality basket, so we just keep doubling down on politics. And when you make it about politics, and when you make politics about sort of your values and your identities, like politicians will play to that because they want votes, and it's sort of just too tempting not to sort of play those cards. And it was just like a really sort of interesting nuanced perspective of like, not like politicians are bad people, but like they want votes. And if they can get your votes by saying these sort of emotionally ridiculous things, then they're totally going to do it. And you really can't blame them because they're trying to get the votes. And that's totally what John McCain and Ted Cruz are doing. Yeah, so for gonna- Ted Cruz doesn't even need votes right now, which makes him the worst. We're going to continue then to get what we deserve in Washington if we allow that as voters. Um, the America... Please get in hiring mode with me. Please come in hiring <laughs> mode with me. Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, okay, so the other thing, so this will switch back to marketing now. Um, we wanted to spend a second because we got an email from a listener about sort of the commoditization of the nasty woman comment that Trump made. And I thought it, it reminded me of the commoditization of the deplorables comment as well and how we're kind of in this state now where somebody says something really offensive let's just put it on a t-shirt and make it fun and well, uh and i'm usually sort of all down for the chicky kind of like i have a woman card i ain't even embarrassed i love my woman card but you know the nasty woman stuff it wasn't the stuff because i don't think hillary has anything in her campaign shop with nasty woman maybe she doesn't but i haven't seen it it was just hilarious to me how instantaneously my feed was filled with like obviously photoshopped nasty women stuff like these are not real models with these t-shirts on because nobody can print a t-shirt that damn fast like it was just I just that was the part to me that was really funny how everybody was like "Ooh, something to sell bam out there and listen I mean I respect the hustle it's cool but it was just so obvious and over the top this time I think that's true. And I felt the same way about the deplorables remark. And this to me connects with what we were just talking about. Like, are we choosing real leadership or are we creating more of a reality show, just more entertainment and more drama by the way that we react to these things? And the truth is, I know that it's designed to do the opposite. But for me, when you take something like a nasty woman and you wear it as a badge of pride, I feel like you're sort of diluting like the actually awful effect of some of him saying that. That was a horrible thing to say. And it doesn't become cute to me because we've reclaimed it. It just it's still I don't know. I mean that's the only thing that's the only thing that I think is a little different is there is such a long sort of history within the feminist movement of trying to reclaim words. And other civil rights movements, too. So, you know, I, I that's the only thing that I'm kind of like, it's a little different than the deplorables is because there is a thing that like, well, you can't, you know, women everywhere have had stuff like that said to them. And so it's just a sort of like, oh, yeah, well, you've pissed us off now. But I, I just understand it's a very similar feeling coming from the, the d- adorable deplorables, as the case would be. Any kind of otherizing of people is painful. And I think we have to somehow come to grips with that on a broader scale. I was having a conversation today about this. A a person said like, oh, gosh, like I just am kind of 
I want to kind of skip the women conversation on something. And I understand that sentiment because our whole society is talking about women's issues right now, which I think is the the gift and the curse of this election. One of the gifts and curses of this election. But my reaction was like, friend, I'd like to skip that conversation too. I'd like it to not be necessary. And I'd like us to be at a place where we, we don't seize on to something like nasty woman, not, not because we're all like crazy feminists, but because it's, it's just over. Like that's not said. And it, there isn't this perception of otherness still. And I don't know, just the, the instantaneous, I'm not being very articulate about this, probably in part because I'm still processing my own reaction to it. But there's something about this that that cuts pretty deep for me and I think lots of people and and I am certain that that's only a fraction because I do carry a lot of privilege. That's only a fraction of what other people are experiencing in this cycle. And I, I just sort of wish that we could leave the merchandise out of it. I guess that's my summary. I think that's fair. Okay, so predictions. You think that the Democrats will take the Senate. I probably agree with you. I think it's going to be pretty close. I do think Americans are fairly good at making a decision to have divided government and that it's very possible that we'll see that this time. I I, I wouldn't want to make a guess as to, you know, plus two, plus three, plus four seats, because I I think that these are some real toss-up races. Okay, well, we'll be back again tomorrow (laughs) to chat some more about what's going on in presidential politics and other national politics. And we enjoyed hearing from you today. Get in touch with us again tomorrow. And until then, we'll keep it nuanced, y'all. Bye.